When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What the Heck is Crypto. I am your host, Stephen Cesaro. Got a bit of a shorter episode for you today because, unfortunately, I have some things to take care of, but I'm going to try to still get you a little bit of alpha before we get out of here today. So right into it, we had another big week in the markets, a lot of movement, a lot of volatility. The main thing to watch out for, Wednesday, we had the FOMC meeting with, with the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, giving one of his trademark speeches. And what happened was Jerome was a lot more dovish than the market was anticipating. Uh, it seemed like the market, market was really prepped for some hawkish statements. Uh, Jerome the dove came out, seemed to be blessing the rally that we've been seeing in risk markets. Um, initially, the markets reacted very positively to this um, to this announcement. We saw a massive sell-off in the dollar alongside a major spike uh, in the uh, S&P 500 index and some major spikes in, in crypto. But I got to say, I'm looking at the markets now and I see a lot of reason to be short-term cautious couple things. We, we've sort of retraced that high we made on the S&P. Uh, we've traded back down below a pretty critical level. Not holding up there, I think, is, is, is not a good sign. Alongside that, we, we actually saw a massive reversal in the dollar today. The dollar looked like it was breaking down. It faked us out. It's gone completely in the opposite direction. For those of you who are not familiar, uh, crypto historically has had an extremely uh, negative correlation with the dollar. So whenever the dollar goes down, crypto tends to go way up. And whenever the dollar goes way up, crypto tends to go way down. And you need to uh, see no better example of this than, than what we saw uh, last year. If you chart the dollar and chart crypto, they're basically perfect negative one uh, correlations there. One is straight up, the other is straight down. So me personally, I've, I've taken some risk off the table here. I have sold and booked some of the uh, spot gains that I've had around, you know, 1670 or so on Ethereum, sold a little bit of my small altcoin bags, um, but mostly de-risking via selling my spot. And I've, I've also bought some, um, some put options for those of you who know how to trade options could be a uh, interesting way to just, you know, take a little risk off the table. So although I am maybe a little short-term bearish or at the very least cautious. I remain really, really optimistic actually on markets, um, you know, for at least the next few months. Now, you guys know who have been listening to this that I've, I've been talking about the idea that we could have a 
very delayed recession in the U.S. in uh, 2023, maybe not even until 2024. And, and, and that as a result of this delay, we could sort of end up in this uh, Goldilocks period where we have kind of gotten past the mass uh, hawkishness of the Fed. We've gotten through all of the rate hikes and the panic and the, and the sell-offs. And, and we, we are left temporarily with um, actually people who have, who have jobs and prices that are actually declining. Uh, people have more money to spend. All of these things are bullish risk, especially like a risk market that has just been completely beaten down. It's hard for us to like remember, but there was, there was a point in time just like a year and a half ago where we all would have absolutely killed ourselves to buy $1,700 Ethereum. And we still today are underneath um, that price. That was a really critical level that was holding up uh, the bull market um, for virtually all of uh, 2021 into, in, into mid uh, early 2022. And, and we lost that level and have still yet to reclaim that. So historically speaking, like when you zoom way, 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 way out, I, you know, prices still look really good here. Like people used to kill themselves to buy $20,000 Bitcoin. We're still only at 23K. Now it, it, it sucks that you didn't buy at uh, 16,000. Not a lot of people did, but I do still think that over, you know, a, a two, three year uh, time horizon that this thing is probably going over hundred K and, and, and I do think Ethereum can, can get over $10,000. I, I, I really do because I think at the end of the chaos that will probably be this year, and, and I do expect this to be a chaotic year, I think we do ultimately get a, a recession. And, and I think we do ultimately get maybe like a period of severe deflation that could lead to just another round of, of rate cuts, rates to zero and, and QE infinity again. Um, it seems plausible to me that our government overlords are going to want to keep this system going. Um, for as long as possible and not let it collapse. And the way to keep the Ponzi going is to, is to, you know, keep, keep injecting liquidity into the system. The only reason they stopped was because inflation got out of control. But if inflation goes negative and people are losing their jobs, then I, I think they turn uh, the money printers back on. And one of the best assets to own in a period of high liquidity is crypto, especially, you know, stuff like, like Bitcoin, I would argue for those of you out there is, is, is purely a, a liquidity asset. I think it basically just trades up and down inverse to the amount of liquidity that is sloshing around in the financial system. It is a fixed sort of, I hesitate to call it a store of value, but it's a, it's a fixed supply digital commodity that has nice properties to it, provable ownership, transferability uh, without permission. You can take it wherever you want, which is memorizing some numbers in your head. I do see the use cases for Bitcoin in the future. And I do see it as like kind of like an interesting macro asset in that you can kind of use it to hedge against long-term increases in the amount of liquidity in the system. Gold has served as a, you know, a pretty similar role to this for, for a while, but we have a lot of problems with gold. Um, we make more of it every year, for one thing. And, you know, there are those tinfoil people out there who, who may be correct that the, the price is manipulated in a way by the powers that be, the, the big banks and, and, and governments. And, and, and the Bitcoin price, just due to the nature of it, you know, can't, it can't really, can't really happen that way, at least not for uh, sustainable periods of time. I think Ethereum is going to behave in a similar fashion. It is sort of like a 
in a way a fixed, you know, or algorithmically sort of constrained, maybe is a better way to put it, um, supply assets. So Ethereum has also been like a very kind of very high beta to the liquidity trade. As liquidity goes up, Ethereum tends to go way up. Why I like Ethereum so much more than Bitcoin, though, is that I think with Ethereum, you have multiple ways to win. You win on the liquidity trade, but you also win on the adoption of Ethereum. The more people that adopt Bitcoin, like we just haven't seen usage of the Bitcoin network tick up. There's just not excessive demand for fees. Um, the more Ethereum is adopted just because of the, the nature of the protocol, like adoption means people building stuff on it, building apps, building NFTs, people using it, paying gas to um, use all of these applications, right? This creates demand for the Ethereum token and it pushes price upwards because the supply is destroyed as more people use the network. So I'm really long Ethereum from lower than this and going to continue to look for spots to add throughout this year. I, I think at this point, like I have to upgrade my forecast. I, I, I do think that 888 or whatever we hit was probably the bottom. And I'm hopeful that we can kind of get back down into the 1300s or so at some point later this year, maybe form an accumulation range there. And then we go back up. My base case for what we see this year moving forward is maybe a pullback in the short term, uh, maybe enough that it freaks people out and they, they don't kind of get on board the train. But I, I actually think that Ethereum has the potential and, and crypto in general has the potential to, to, to push a lot higher than, than people think. Like I, I, I really think like $2,000 for Ethereum is, is, is kind of a lock right now. I, I, I hate saying that because there are no um, definitive statements in, in finance and investing, but I think it's a very high probability event. And I, I think that we have a chance at going to, to, to 3,000 um, this year. And if we were to go to 3,000 this year and kind of come back down and maybe form an accumulation range between say like 13, 1,300 and, and 3,000, that, that would be a very similar thing to what we saw happen in the, the, the previous bull market, right? We basically capitulated in late 2018 on Ethereum around 80 bucks. Um, but we had a huge run up. Like we went from $80 to $370. Yeah, $362 in, in, in May. <laughs> so you, you, you basically got four and a half X on your money um, in, a, in, a bull mar in a bear market if you, if you bought the bottom there. But after we hit 370 or so, um, we did end up trading all the way back down to where did we hit in the COVID lows? We hit, yeah, about 90 bucks. So effectively we went to like the, the high eighties all the way up to the high three hundreds and then all the way back down um, to, to, to 90 again. And that whole process, you know, before we ended up breaking out took like almost two years. Yeah. Like we didn't break out of that uh, and hit a new high there for, for, for about 600 days. Right. So it's hard to have like a, a, a longer term perspective. People get caught up looking at the smaller time frames of the chart. And it's hard to conceive of how we could go to 3000 now, but also later on, you're still going to get to buy lower. But I do think that that is a base case. So me personally, my plan is to, is to, to lay off here for a bit. I'm really hoping for a pullback at least to 1500. I'm probably going to buy some around 1500. I do think there's a good chance we actually lose um, those range lows, trade lower, maybe 
maybe in the kind of low 14s. And I, I would like to add there. But but basically any time I get the chance to add this year, like like 15K or lower, like I'm I'm probably going to be um, you know, dollar cost averaging in, um, maybe averaging in with like a little bit bigger size, like if if I see like a really huge sell-off in the market, you know, assuming that nothing else changes um in the macro conditions. But like the way I see it, we get a pullback now. We're going to probably get a kind of sick run up in 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 risk assets, I think. I, I do think we are setting up for that. I think we're setting up for like a big trade um upwards in the Nasdaq and in and, and tech stocks like like Tesla and 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 I think crypto will follow and it, it may catch a lot of people off guard. But I think we have to keep our guard up if that does happen. Like if we're sitting here in late May and it's the you know, Ethereum's at thirty two hundred dollars, there's gonna be a lot of people who wants to uh, FOMO back into the market at possibly the worst possible time. And that I think is where you have to have discipline as an investor. I, I know that right now it's, it's painful. If you're, you're sitting on the sidelines, you, you, you feel like you've missed out. If you're listening to this podcast, the, you know, the, the good news is that you are probably already in the, the one percentile of crypto investors because most of retail, you know, most of the, the people who really push prices to their extremes and get wrecked, uh, they're, they're not listening right now. They're already checked out. They've checked out of the market. So if you're still here and you're listening to this, good for you. You might be a little late to the move early this year, but you're not late to the bigger move. I think if you have patience, you will get the pullback to kind of average in. Um, take notes of the coins that you want to buy now that you missed and the prices where you want to buy them at. Pull up a chart, do some basic support and resistance if you know how to do that see where those levels are for some of these coins you may get a chance to buy them next week or a month from now um at those prices and and, and hold them at probably a decent uh price for the long haul and maybe in a worst case scenario we go all the way back down maybe you lose 20 percent or so 30 percent, maybe even 50 percent. but that is par for the course in crypto and when you invest in bear markets you you do draw down because the price is going down but the idea is to like get rid of the 95% drawdowns, the 90% drawdowns. Those are the painful ones that kill you. Because in a bear market, even if you're losing money as you buy, you can always just buy more and more and more as the price goes lower. You can get your cost basis lower. And if you have the patience, right, if you can think a year out, two years out, and this is what you should be doing anyway for, for capital gains, right? Like when you're buying crypto, one of the, the big things to do is think about when the market might go bull again. And for, for me, you know, Bitcoin halving is early next year. So if we kind of do the same thing that we've done every other cycle, you could see a bull run starting uh, early or middle of next year. And, and maybe that goes till the end of next year or maybe into, you know, 2025. But if you buy now, like even if you go lower, if you're averaging throughout this year, then your entire stack is going to be like capital gains eligible when the time comes to actually take profits and you're going to be like way in the money. And that's going to be a, a beautiful thing for you. And it's going to be a lot easier on your psyche. So don't freak out right now. Take a deep breath. I, I, I think things are, are going to be okay. And I think that you're going to have time to get back in there. The crypto always gives these big moves down, no matter how much it looks like it's going up only. Um, and you just got to be uh, mentally prepared for it. So, so what am I looking at? I, I still want to accumulate a little bit more Rocket Pool, uh, which is a, a Ethereum liquid staking derivative. Um, I'm still not 
super convinced on the extreme long-term viability of these models. I, I think that, uh, Jordi Alexander on Twitter has, has, has made some, uh, compelling cases for why the liquid uh, staking derivative asset class as a whole m- might be a little bit overvalued, um, by the market, even, even now. Um, so worth checking out if this is sort of a thesis you want to take part in. Um, that doesn't mean these things can't be great trades for the next six months, though, which I, I, I think is sort of like a, a, a baseline case for me. I've really evolved my views on, on Solana a lot throughout this bear period. I think now is a rough place to buy. Like we were at some pretty heavy resistance and we have had a big run up. So I think a good case can be made that we, we, we go lower here or that it's, even, it's actually safer to buy uh, a little higher. If Solana can kind of reclaim in this $28 above region, it, it looks really good from a chart and technical perspective. It, it really does. And, and this project got absolutely hammered in, in the bear to the point where people were writing it off as dead. I was one of those people who felt pretty strongly it was probably dead. I mean, negative 97%, which incidentally is about the drawdown Ethereum had in the, in the previous uh, bear market, if you could imagine that. And people thought Ethereum w- was dead. But I, I think there's a good chance Solana is not dead. And I think that if you are accumulating it around here, uh, you, you, you have to be prepared to, to lose a lot. Like we, we could easily revisit back down to 15 or so. I think that's totally um, plausible. Um, I'm probably going to start buying some 20 or 20-ish area, 20 or lower, and, and, and building a long-term position there because... I don't know. I, I own a lot of Ethereum. I'm really into the Ethereum thesis, but I think that if I'm wrong, I need to have some hedges against that. I think a Solana is a useful hedge against Ethereum. I think there is a narrative for the chain. It is sort of proven at this point that it has a strong community. And I, I think you can argue that the FTX collapse is kind of long-term bullish for this thing, even though it was short-term terrible, because you, you basically just rid the whole ecosystem of a gigantic cancer. And although the purging process was very negative while it was happening in the long run, maybe that is really actually hopeful for, for the chain. So definitely adding some Solana at some point, probably also going to add Cosmos, um, you know, Adam, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, that's sort of a bet on uh, the multi-chain thesis, which I want to talk about a little bit more in a world where Ethereum doesn't do everything. Maybe we have multiple chains, maybe applications make their own blockchains. We're just using a bunch of applications on a bunch of blockchains. That is, you know, the, basically the gist of what Cosmo is doing. So I think it's worth having some long-term exposure to that long-term narrative in your portfolio. So looking to buy that. And I'm still looking to add on my Arbitrum ecosystem uh, plays. I jettisoned one of them, uh, Umami, that I talked about because I think they sort of fumbled the ball on legal. Sometimes you make a bad trade and you, you got to just get out. I, I flipped all those profits into, into DopeX, which I've talked about. I like having a small portion of my portfolio allocated into like the decentralized options narrative. I think it's an interesting narrative for the long term. I expect it to have an incredible amount of volatility. Um, but Dopex and uh, Premia are two projects I've invested in that are very risky and very low cap, but they check the box for me of being both 
options, protocols, and Arbitrum ecosystem plays. I think there's a really good chance that we get an Arbitrum token airdrop at some point in this spring, could maybe set off like a huge Arbitrum season. I think if that happens, all of these Arbitrum protocols are just tremendously undervalued. Um, the safest play in Arbitrum right now, if you want exposure to it, is is probably GMX still. GMX is a you know big decentralized trading perps platform built on Arbitrum. We've talked about it a little bit, uh, making some huge moves uh, today, actually. But that's kind of the, the crux of the ecosystem right now. So I think you get good exposure to it by owning it. Still a, a lot of risk there. Like whenever you buy these these kind of low cap ecosystem tokens, they're all running extremely risky financial experiments with anonymous developers, right? Like you, you can't put too much of your portfolio in any one of these things, no matter how convicted you are. But I think that if you are spreading bets out in reasonable sizes and you have conviction on a generalized narrative, then I, I, I think now is the time to, to, to be adding to these plays like this year. It, I, I, like I said, I think these things are going to pump this year. I think they will dump again. But some of this, some of this stuff is still uh, pretty beaten up right now. And, I, and I'm looking forward to, to adding on a pullback. All right. Well, I got more plays for you guys that I want to talk about maybe next week. Fortunately, I do have to run right now, but hopefully this was useful for you. Stay safe out there for the next week. Um, if you missed out, don't worry. Think about what you want to buy now. Have a plan. Wait for the price to come to you. Patience is a virtue in this game, especially in this current market climate, I think. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and uh, I will see you again back here next week. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.